You can't force your child to follow Christ, but one of the great privileges you have of being a mom or a dad is uh, sharing your story about why you've chosen to follow God. I'm John Fuller, along with my focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta, and Dr. Meg Meeker is a very popular guest. Uh, She's a pediatrician, and Jim Daly asked her about ways that you can teach your kids about the importance of following Christ. Let me ask perhaps the question, um, what are some of the ways that parents, and I, in the context of moms and daughters, what, what are some of the things that those moms can teach their daughters to turn to God and to trust him? Mm. I mean, that's a big question. It's a big question. And it's not formulaic. Yeah. And I know some parents who have 20-something daughters right now are going, we failed. Somehow we missed it. And we thought we were doing all the right things. And my heart goes out to them. Yeah. Because again, it's not a formula. It's just a predictive outcome right. that right. if you do these things, you're more likely to have a daughter who is healthy and doing well. But you can do all those things mm-hmm. and the daughter makes her own choices. Right. And some parents are grieving that right now because right. their daughter is living with the boyfriend. Right. That's quite common today, even for yeah. Christian kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. so... Yeah. So speak to that idea of formula versus predictive inputs, but what are those things a mom needs to be doing Mm -hmm. to turn their daughters toward God? Well, I think one of the things we do, and I did this as a mistake, you know, with our kids, particularly when they were young, we do sort of follow the formula. Ask Christ into your heart, and when you ask him into your heart, then you're saved. What I did that with our daughter when she was four or five, and now she's told me this, it scared her. And she prayed it over and over and over because she couldn't see that he came in. And so you want to be very careful when you tell kids to do things and that will help them love God more, become a Christian. Right. It has to start backwards. It has to start in the heart. So I think with young children, you share your heart, you share your love for him, and you share why you love him, and you are very, very positive about it. And then you can come into... Here's why I do what I do. Here's why I don't swear. Here's why I don't want you to have an iPhone until you're 16. Yeah, that's I good. know you think I'm weird and creepy, but this is why I do it. Um, because I think that what we tend to do as Christians in our cultures, we see so much bad stuff out there is that we want our kids to be Christians. We talk to them about behaviors that are going to counter that. And we do that sort of saying, here's how you live as a Christian. Don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. Mm-hmm. Kids don't want that. They don't want that. They want something authentic and deep. And they don't also just want our story. So we can tell them, you know, how we love Christ and why we want. They want the deep and the good stuff. They don't, just don't want rules. So I think it's important. I'm really a big proponent of service service work. Yeah, volunteerism. Volunteer. Yeah. And don't let the kids do it alone. You take them and you <laughs> yeah, say, here you go. we go. Yeah. And you keep your mouth shut. And because kids, one of the complaints parents have is their kids are narcissistic, very self-centered and feel very entitled. That'll take it out of them. That's true. Okay. And if you need to get on a plane to go, they go. But you usually don't look within a mile radius of your home yeah. and find a place you know, lady who le- needs her lawn mowed or something. And so that really helps kids see Christ alive. We did that early on. The boys were probably like 9 and 11, and Jean found a animal rehab farm. 
So you can imagine what we were doing. We showed up and we shoveled the back end of animal <laughs> stuff. There you go. And uh, it was pretty uh, humiliating, but it was a good lesson. And they loved it, actually. They really enjoyed it. Danny, I really appreciated what Meg said about uh, how our kids want to see authenticity in our relationship with God. And they're, they're not interested in us preaching to them about right and wrong. They know that stuff. How do we balance being authentic and yet, you know, offering truth, especially when we get into some hot-button issues? Yeah, we don't have to force any of the stories in there. They kind of come naturally once you start to hit the hot-button issues, and those will come, especially in the culture we're in. And if you have teenagers or college students, uh, you will cross that intersection with hot-button issues. And as you do, make sure you're modeling the conversation with your spouse and with others on how you're talking about these issues, and uh, and then also, how are you living out your faith day to day? Do you really believe in prayer? Do you believe in God's Word as you're uh, having that conversation with God? Do you also believe that going to church is something that is important to your life? What What are the important rhythms of your life, and how does that translate to your conversation around hot-button topics? And think that it's important to talk to kids about their inner world. And that means saying, hey, you know, all people's behaviors are running into each other all day long. And culture's running into each other all day long. But what's happening inside of you? Hmm. And what what would that tell me about what's inside of you? Because you could act a certain way. You could even act kind and nice and, and be struggling inside. So what I want to know is, as you're thinking about these issues and culture, what's going on inside of you? And, uh, and let them know the moments where you're kind of wrestling through things inside of your own life. Mm-hmm. If there's anxiety, if there's worry, if there's temptation, you can say, yeah, sometimes I feel that momentum of temptation. I just need to be aware of that and what that means in light of what I believe. And, and then I can have a counter momentum because of Christ being in me. And that's what, when you have Christ in you, it doesn't mean that all temptations and all these sinful momentums go away. It means now you have a counter momentum because of what you believe mm. in your heart to be true and that there's something even better and you don't want to settle for for, for the scraps. You want to settle uh, or you want to pursue, really, what is there for you, that buffet table that God has set mm. as hard as it may be. And so uh, make sure you talk to your kids about how God changes the momentum of our behaviors through a changed heart. Mm and that you probably have had to go through many moments of reshaping your heart to have the momentum shift once again in your behaviors yeah. because we tend to be selfish. How can we be one anothering? And that's an imperfect journey for us. Mm-hmm. That's good. And uh, it might be that you're resonating with some of the struggle that you hear. I mean, we all struggle, and it's okay um, we believe in God's sovereignty and his goodness and kindness, his desires for you as a mom or a dad. If you're struggling with your child and you don't know where to turn, give us a call. Uh, we have a great team of folks on the phone, and uh, they can connect you with one of our counseling team members if you need to talk further about what you're dealing with. The number is 800, the letter A in the word family, 800 232 Ask about resources, and if you need to, Uh, ask about setting up a phone consultation with one of our counselors. We would love to tell you more about Meg Meeker's book, Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture. 
which we're making available to our listeners today for a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount to the ministry. Support the work of Focus on the Family, invest in what we're doing to help families around the world, and we'll say thanks by sending that book to you. All the details are in the show notes. Meg will be back next time, and uh, for now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Good parents aren't perfect, and that's okay, but there are ways you can grow every day. Focus on the Family's 7 Traits of Effective Parenting Assessment gives parents an honest look at their unique strengths, plus some areas they could use a little help. Every mom and dad can help raise the next generation of healthy, mature, and responsible children. And this assessment will help get you started. Take the assessment at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash 7Trades. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash 7Trades.